Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stone, Believe Podcast, the network for professionals, uh, available anywhere you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, all the available uh, podcast locations, also at Believe.com as well. Uh, this week's edition, we'll recap uh, the last couple performances, or this week's performances so far for uh, for each of the Tobacco Road teams. Also, take a look ahead to their uh, to their next matchups as well coming up this uh, this weekend. Uh, we'll start with the uh, with Duke uh, coming off the loss to uh, to Virginia Tech, seventy four to sixty seven on Tuesday night. Uh, they did get some good news getting Jalen Johnson back. For that uh, for that matchup, uh, but uh, they do end up falling. Jalen Johnson only played four minutes. Obviously, his uh, his conditioning was uh, was going to be somewhat of a uh, somewhat of a concern for this team uh, when when they when you haven't played uh, in the amount of time that uh, that Jalen Johnson it had been since Jalen Johnson had uh, had played. Uh, obviously, there was going to be. An issue with his uh, with his conditioning. There's uh, there's no question uh, about that. So no surprise that he only played uh, 14 minutes or four minutes, excuse me. Uh, but the the big problem for this uh, for this Duke team, uh, and they you know 67 points isn't great. Uh, one problem they definitely had in this game was the lack of production outside of Roach, Stewart, and Hurt. Uh, those three guys played well. You know they combined for 56 points. Problem was they only got 11 points uh, from everyone else that uh, that played in this game. Breakfield only had four. Goldwire only gave them one point. Uh, that, he did have six assists and four steals, so I mean he didn't didn't have necessarily a horrible game. Uh, but they just uh, they didn't get a, they didn't shoot it well. Game on the road at Virginia Tech, uh, they struggled to uh, to shoot the ball. Um, you know, we're just eight of twenty-nine from uh, from three-point range. But again, just the, the lack of production for those guys from, from you know everybody outside of those three guys from Duke. That's why it's so big that they you know need to get Jalen Johnson back and get him back integrated. Is uh, they need the help and uh, and you know Wendell Moore. He's <laughs> hit or miss. Obviously, he went back to kind of what we had seen early in the season from him. Uh, just four points on two of six shooting. Uh, did have five rebounds. But the but the big concern I think for uh, for Coach K at uh, at this point is that they they just give up this team gives up way too many easy baskets. Uh, you know Aluma and, and Redford they and Radford excuse me they just had so many easy buckets around the basket. They, they just get to the teams that are playing Duke or just get into the rim with little to to no resistance in these uh, in these matchups. And as good as Matthew Hurt has been, uh, you know, offensively, defensively, this team just it, it hasn't really taken on the the typical what you expect from Duke. They haven't they haven't taken on that identity, and that that shows up. You know, when you look at the Ken Palm rankings, they're thirty eighth in uh, in adjusted defense, and honestly, that's higher than I than I thought it would be. Uh, but let's let's also give Virginia Tech credit. I think Virginia Tech uh, didn't get. Uh, enough hype coming into the season. This is a team that can win the ACC. Uh, we, we've said that about a few teams. It seems like it's the picture's clearing up uh, a little bit now. Uh, but I, you know, Virginia Tech's one of those teams that I think uh, the way they're playing right now, they they could be 
you know, in that top four uh, at the uh, at the end of the season. I think uh, Virginia Tech, Virginia, uh, those are two of the most. You know, Louisville starting to kind of cut that cut that niche and starting to look like the team we maybe expected them to be. Um, you know, th- those are the teams that that look the best uh, right now. Florida State's coming back off a long layoff. We'll talk about them in a second and what they were able to do on uh, on Wednesday night. But uh, we got to give Virginia Tech credit as well because uh, they, they were they were really good. They shot fifty percent from the field, which you just—it's it, going to be hard to beat a team uh, when you when you let them shoot fifty percent from the field. I don't care who they are if they're hitting fifty percent of their shots, and a lot of those shots were were easy. So that's that's the big concern for Duke is defensively. Uh, but I think uh, you know the good thing for Duke is that they're off this weekend. They don't play again until they play Pittsburgh on uh, on the nineteenth, which is uh, which is Tuesday. Uh, so it gives gives them some time to get you know, Jalen Johnson's conditioning back up, uh, get him back in shape where they can make where they can get some more uh, get more significant minutes out of him. But this next week is still gonna be tough for Duke because they go to they go on the road to Pitt and on the road to Louisville. So uh, that's a big week for uh, for Duke. If you know, if they lose both those games, then they fall to three and three in uh, in ACC play, and uh, and who knows. What uh, what ends up uh, happening from there? So uh, we're gonna find out a lot about this Duke team and, and really, you know, what their season it might look like going forward uh, as this uh, a, a, after this uh, this you know week off that they've gotten and a chance to get uh, Jalen Johnson back uh, back integrated uh, into the uh, into the system. Uh, also on uh, Tuesday night you had uh, Carolina uh, beating Syracuse. And this this was probably UNC's most impressive win of the season because this is not a good shooting team from Carolina, as we've talked about. That's their that's going to be what we talk about with this team going forward for the rest of the year. But this team figured out, and you know, playing against the, that two three zone from Syracuse, if you can't shoot the ball, that's a big concern. But this Carolina team figured out how to attack that zone. And coach uh, Coach Williams did a, you know did a really good job uh, you know putting putting those guys in the positions that they needed to be in to attack that zone and get the uh, get the eighty one to seventy five win and, and I really like about this UNC team that they're just it hasn't been pretty necessarily but they keep finding ways to win games and teams like that are scary when uh, when March comes around because uh, that that's you know that's that's always. The teams like that that can win a variety of ways, those are the teams that that you can make a lot of noise come March. Uh, and you know, UNC is only thirty third in the uh, the Ken Palm rankings, but they're actually sixteenth in adjusted defense, which uh, you know surprising for this uh, for this Carolina team. They've been uh, they've been pretty good uh, defensively, which is uh, is certainly you know a good thing for this team. I think they're just going to continue to get better offensively because I think they're going to. I think they're going to find ways to uh, to make shots, uh, and I think they're figuring out how to attack teams offensively. And I think uh, Coach Williams has done a you know, done a terrific job so far of uh, of drawing that up. And you know they really, like I said, they really they they attacked that zone about as well as you could. I mean, they got you know Garrison Brooks and Armando Baycott, Dayron Sharp, you know all those Leaky Black. They put all those guys, you kind of rotated those guys into into the center of that zone uh, and really just did a did a good job uh, attacking it um, and you know being able to get those the ball down to down in you know into successful positions for uh, for Baycott 
and you know Brooks and the, they kind of rotated you know the kind of rotated those guys around and uh, you know they really it really paid off for them uh, especially as the game went on you know it really seemed like they they wore Syracuse down and and this is a it was a complete team effort it wasn't like anybody had a you know Garrison Brooks had a really good game 16 points 10 rebounds but uh, they scored 81 points in this game so the scoring was obviously really spaced out for UNC and I think that's something that you have to love uh, also they you know they dominated the boards out rebounded them 48 to 31 Baycott had 15 points 12 rebounds RJ Davis stepped up and had 12 points for him Dayron Sharp had eight you know, nine points out of Walton um, they still didn't shoot it well for three-point range they were only five of 24 but again that just kind of shows you uh, how well this team figured out how to how to attack that zone uh, and they're just you know they're scrappy 24 offensive rebounds uh, if you if you shoot poorly that's that's the way to to offset that is to is to pound the offensive glass and that's uh that's absolutely what this UNC team was uh was able to do uh on Tuesday night on the road at Syracuse uh now Saturday is a different challenge because this this Florida State team they're taking is is coming off by far their best performance of the uh, of the season and you have to go on the road to take on Florida State. Uh, my guess is the line on this is going to be something like three and a half, two and a half for, uh, for Florida State. I think it's going to be a relatively low line. Um, and I, <laughs> it's hard to pick because honestly, I, I don't see where, like Florida State shot like 70% in that game against NC State, which we'll talk more about when we get to NC State in a second. But it, it's hard to, it, it's hard to see them duplicating that but at the same time you have to feel like coming off that performance and you're coming off a situation where they had two weeks off and didn't show any rust whatsoever that Florida State is going to be playing with a ton of confidence uh and Florida State has the has always has the athleticism to match up with UNC and you you throw that with with guys like Gray and Walker and Scotty Barnes who's an absolute stud uh this is going to be a really close game. I'm not sure which way I'll bet this. Probably wait until right up until close to tip tip off before I bet it. So you know, follow me on Twitter at Ryan Stone Sports. I'll tweet out my bets for that day. So far, by the way, seven and two on the uh, on the season since we started tweeting them out uh, in uh, in early January. Uh, but I, you know, I'm exciting to see this matchup because this is going to tell us a lot about UNC and how much they've grown as a uh, as a team because Florida State is the best team they've played uh in the ACC so far. Uh so it, it's going to be really interesting to uh, to watch that matchup and see how UNC uh coming off a, a nice win over Syracuse. We'll see how that uh, how that carries over for them uh, as they take on this uh this Florida State team that's coming off uh, a, <laughs> a a terrific performance. And speaking of that performance, uh NC State has now lost Three in a row after that game, after this game to Florida State, and the t- the first two losses, you know, you lose by five. To, you lose it to Miami in a game you were leading for the most part down the stretch, and it just seemed to get away from you. Um, and then you know you the the close loss to the Clemson's understandable. I, if Florida State just shot the absolute lights out. So if, if you're if you're Coach Keats. I don't even know 
how you necessarily address it because you did you offensively you scored 73 points and you shot 44% from the field you hit 11 threes but you you only had 19 rebounds you were out rebounded 32 to 19 Florida State was 71% from the field they were 67% from three point range and they were 11 of 11 at the foul line Florida State literally played <laughs> One of the best games in maybe the history of the program. But now if you're NC State, you're concerned because you've lost three games in a row and it's NC State. Also, you know, the injury bug has has been a trouble spot. Braxton Beverly obviously doesn't seem to be 100% playing out there. Uh, Manny Bates missed this game against uh, against Florida State. So you you wonder about the, the health of this NC State team at this point in the season. A team that, you know, a couple weeks ago, People were talking about maybe winning the ACC and being a team that could finish up at the top of the conference. And this is heading into a stretch where you better get the ship righted quickly because coming up you know, Saturday or, uh, or Sunday, I believe, is when they uh, – no, it is, it is Saturday when they take on uh, Georgia Tech. Uh, and then you know, Saturday to Saturday, they have three really tough games. Georgia Tech at Virginia at UNC. You're sitting at two and three in conference play. So this is a stretch for, for NC State where it, it's it's put up or shut up time. You you gotta you better get healthy and, and come to play in these uh, these next three games, or you could be looking at you know sitting two and six in uh, in conference play. And I you know I expect NC State, as long as they're healthy, will probably be favored in this matchup against Georgia Tech. But I'm not sure that I could confidently bet them. We'll see how I feel on uh, on Saturday. But it's gonna be uh, gonna be really interesting to uh, to see uh, how NC State tries to uh, tries to right the ship because things right now uh, don't look uh, don't look too great for this uh, this NC State team as they really hit a uh, a tough stretch. Uh, now Wake Forest, on the other hand. <laughs> they aren't winning games in the ACC, but man, what did I say at the beginning of the year? This year was all about how much they were buying in and how hard they were playing. And Wake Forest might be 0-4 in conference play, but the effort in these games has been off the charts. I mean, they they fought back against Louisville, cut the deficit to, I think, 4 at one point down the stretch. I know Louisville ends up winning by 12, but Louisville is significantly more talented. Uh, Wake only shot 37%. From the field, Louisville shot 51%. Like the fact that they cut this to four down the stretch is is eye-opening. Uh, you know, Carter Whitten even play in this uh, in this game. Uh, you know, Davian Williamson uh, had a terrific game, 19 points, four assists. Uh, it was six of 13 from the uh, from the field and six of six at the uh, at the foul line. Like Wake Forest is not going to blow anyone away with their with their talent. Like that's that that's clear. We've talked about that. Uh, as this, uh, you know, as this early in this season, but the thing that's eye-opening at this point is is Steve Forbes has these guys playing extremely hard. Uh, you know, I know they're they're zero and four in conference play, but that's that's not necessarily a shock. Like it's not like they haven't really they haven't played an easy schedule either. By the way, I mean they've played <laughs> Georgia Tech, uh, Virginia, Duke, Louisville, and three of those games were on the road. Uh, and the only one that they really got handled in was the Georgia Tech game. Uh, they lost by 16 in that one, but 
You know, only lost to Virginia by nine, only lost to Duke by 11, only to Louisville by 12. And like this schedule doesn't get any easier for Wake Forest, but they just continue to play hard. And I feel like uh, if this continues, they're going to find a way to win a game they shouldn't as the as the season goes on. And that, that would be like the best case scenario for Steve Forbes and company because uh, he does have this team playing hard and they're buying in to what he's to what he's saying, and I think that's uh, that's extremely important for this uh, for this Wake Forest team as the uh, as the season goes on. Uh, David Williamson seems to kind of be emerging, maybe as the leader for them offensively, uh, along with Musius. So I think that's that's huge for this uh, for this Wake Forest team. Uh, but that they're definitely showing signs of improvement and signs of growth, and that that's really all you could hope for. Uh, this season from the uh, from the Demon Deacons and look their, their next three games uh, over the next 10 days are tough you know Virginia Tech at home at UNC at NC State those are those are all going to be tough matchups particularly you know Virginia Tech on Sunday as well as the Hokies are playing right now I, I would imagine you know with it being at Wake Tech is probably going to be something like an eight or nine point favorite and I would like Tech on that spread uh, but there's no reason to think this Wake Forest team isn't going to uh, going to continue to uh, to play hard. And, and like we've said, that's really all you can hope for uh, and, and wish for out of this uh, this program this season because uh, the cupboard was so bare for for Steve Forbes when he got there. But he does appear so far, at least in the in the early days, uh, with at uh, at Wake Forest, he at least seems uh, to have this program heading in the uh, in the right direction so uh, like I said certainly all that you uh, could hope for at uh, at this point uh, so far early in the season that'll do it for this week's edition of the believe in tobacco road podcast as always you can get it wherever you get podcasts we'll be back with you next week follow me on twitter as well at ryan stone sports believe podcast the network for professionals Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.